We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the True Faith Podcast in association with FansBet, who give 50% of their net profit back to fan partnerships, and also True Faith Patreon, where our wonderful patrons pay £5 a month for lots of juicy Newcastle United podcast content, up to four, uh, at least four shows a week, um, and with some amazing, um, fun, light-hearted, analytical, whatever you want, we'll cover it for you join the patrons and tell your mates as well so this is the true faith podcast it's me adam hosting today i'm in the car on the way back from burnley with alex hurst um, who's our driver for this evening and uh, rob clothier who's in the back seat he's been munching on some stuff to be honest i don't know what he's uh, i don't know what he's managed to snaffle back there but he's uh, he's certainly not sharing but anyway we don't want anything in our mouth because we have lots to talk about after finally Finally, finally, a Monday night football, which results in three points, three delicious points for Newcastle United and Rafa's Mags. We're absolutely buzzing. Um, it's been, it was, it was, it was a funny start of the night with the with with the, with the news that it was going to be a, a half hour delay to kick off. Um, hear that the it didn't seem as serious as as, as, as first uh, thought. So. Um, that's good for for the person who's involved who I believe was one of the referees assessors um, but let's crack on with the football and um, lads we've we've won 2-1 um, initial initial thoughts and feelings from me before I pass it round um, this is personally the first away victory that I've ever seen Newcastle United um, play out like I, I've never seen them win in a way um, in the match day me and Rob were laughing because the, the three away well out the, the previous two away games that me and Rob have been to together were both nil nils one in Porto in, in, in as a pre-season friendly and uh, a, a month or so back back at, at Crystal Palace that was a, a very drab nil nil but tonight I kind of expected it to be uh, I kind of expected it to be as equally low scoring um, but for you know, it was it was a first half with, I mean, it was a, it was an embarrassment of riches with three goals, um, and we, we we got off to a really really good start. Rob, um, do you want to talk us through the first goal, which I believe was in the first sort of five minutes? Yeah, it was um, nice early one. Um, 
as you, usually when we get a goal, my memory of it is really blurry because I've just I spent too many too much time jumping around celebrating. Um, but yeah, I just remember the ball. Was it from a corner? Or was it just yeah. across into yeah, the box? So it was bobbling around. Yeah, I, I laid it the, off. The ball came into the box, and I think someone had a attempt a goal, and then. Um, the second attempt came in, I think it was Fernandez, and it uh, come off. I think it was Ben Me in the end, wasn't it? And uh, it looped into the sort of over the top into the, to- into the top corner. Um, oh, what was it again? Um, I-, I can't remember what that joke was about Ben Me. Hang on, what was it again? Uh, go on, Adam. You-, you give it. Go on. Giving us an own goal, but who cares? Not me. <laughs> Quality, quality content as always there. That was courtesy of Chris uh, from uh, a new recruit to the True Faith Podcast Collective. So wonderful, wonderful wordplay there. Big fan of that. Yeah, so uh, nice early goal to get us underway, settle the nerves a little bit. And um, it was um, it was a very good start, very confident start from us um, to the match. I thought we, we controlled things and... First, first thing that I think we all noticed was that um, it was quite obvious we were we were playing the three centre backs: um, Clark, Fernandez, and Cher, with uh, the wing backs being Richie on the left and Yedlin on the right. So we expected, so we expected uh, Manquillo to probably get the nod just simply because of his um, over over Clark. Um, just simply because he was more familiar to that role and in, in, that, in that position, even though I think Rafa probably believed that Clark is the better footballer ultimately. But I don't think any of us saw or even considered that Richie might drop. We, we considered the, the idea that Kennedy might drop back, as he previously has done in a five-man defence. But for Richie to come up basically diagonally across from the other from the, from the right wing to to play left wing back, I think. Probably caught us, caught us all by surprise, and, and probably Burnley as well. And I think uh, I think Burnley will be slightly would be sort of like slightly taken aback by how we how we, how we lined up, to be honest. Um, and I think that that probably give us an edge. And, and and they start they seem to start very very sluggishly. So we went you know we went one nil due to this uh, you know a very fortunate looping uh, deflection off Ben Mee's toe. That went right over Joe Hart's uh, top right hand, um, which always, it was kind of in slow motion. But I mean, as soon as the, the net burst and uh, the stand we were in, we just—I mean, the, the fans were in really good voice. It's almost like the half an hour um, delay just got just got everyone warmed up in the away end. And I think um, it, it, it's 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 occasions like this on a really cold. Almost sort of uh, brisk, wintry sort of evening on a Monday as well. Whereas if you're the home side, I think that's actually a disadvantage because you're, it's almost like you're so close to home. You, you know, you're sort of sitting there thinking, "Well, this is on the TV. I probably would have been nice and toasty at home." Whereas if you're Newcastle fan, you travel that far, you're going to put every effort into just sort of like, you know, you're going to you're going to just completely commit to being there. Um, and, and, and back in the, the you know back in the team and that's kind of what happened and it was a really really good crowd today and I think that really helped us later on when it got things got a bit a uh, bit more difficult but yeah I think um, I mean Alex you kind of alluded to um, you know why Rafa might have 
decided to go for the for the five man defence. Do you want to talk us through that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first of all, Nout Nout beats winning away from home in the Premier League, as you two lads are discovering for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think we were saying before Green Street Cowley, who does the podcast, went from two thousand and eleven. Uh, Bolton away on Boxing Day, full 22 games. <laughs> not 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 seeing the Castle win away from the Premier League, so you have done all right. I mean, Rob, I know you've been away at the Championship. You've done all right. Adam, just just on a, on your third go. Um, well, second go in terms of a Premier League away game. Oh no, you you said did I've you been to a couple of, like did, years yeah, ago, but, but uh, in terms of the last couple of years, I. But it's why it's why we do it, and it's like all the shite and all the things we've talked about, and all your you know the boycott and all that kind of stuff, and, and the transfer stuff. It like now it beats winning away from home in the Premier League. It's a beautiful, beautiful feeling, and we'll, we'll win the big games. I'm sure we'll talk about later about the context of the result. But part of that formation, we all thought standing on the concourse that Kieran Clark was going to slot in at left back. Um, I don't know how Sky covered the formation, but. A lot of fans, to be fair, not us, but you know, we did the preview show for Parents, which we do every week uh, for the upcoming fixture. So this week we'll have um, the West Ham preview. And none of us call five at the back. Um, I mean, there was kind of discussions about five at the back with Lascelles possibly slotting in, but he, he hasn't made the match day squad there. Um, so he's obviously not still fully fit, but it's a it's a real positive option to have. It does mean your two central midfielders have got to work their bollocks off, but fortunately we've got two lads who. Who do? I mean, um, Key and Diarmid, I'm sure, will come on at them. But the logical thing there would have been to play Kennedy left wing back and Richie in front of DeAndre Yedlin. Um, and then, I mean, who, who, you know, bring Murphy and Arazzo or someone like that to go in the left wing. Um, well, I suppose you had Perez, didn't you? Or even keep Perez there. So you have the situation where we're looking in the first five minutes and you've got a very, very strong right side of Yedlin and Kennedy. Um, and a kind of suspect, particularly defensively, left side Perez and Richie, and you think, and that the only time I've seen Richie play fullback was at Chelsea way last year, where it did not work <laughs> to, to go and, and he gave away a disastrous pen. We're comfortably beaten. I can't remember what was the league game or was in the cup. I think it was a league game. Um, but we, we, I think we all kind of noticed five five minutes in, and you think, and oh, Matt Richie versus Aaron Lennon. Lennon likes to get to the, to the byline, take players on, all that kind of stuff. But because Burnley essentially just whip the ball in the box to the two big lads at any opportunity uh, particularly those kind of um, outswingers or inswingers um, I think Rafa recognised that and he thought you know what Richie here isn't actually going to have to do too much defending in terms of following his man it's pretty much going to be high and legs up high and limbs in the way of balls in the box and because Burnley was so like I mean if I'm sort of Sean Dyke I'm thinking well here we fucking go Perez and Richie thanks so much Aaron Lennon and this fullback who um <laughs> His fullback, who seems to be their version of Paul Dummett, where the rest of the players of Burnley's team did not want to give him the ball. Um, I'll be thinking, gang up, centre midfielders, gang up, let, let's have a right good go at these lads. Kieran Clark and on, on on the left side as well of this of the back three, and um, they didn't. They just they just put balls in the box and deep. Now, now you can say, well, they scored their goal. I think I think the cross actually came in from that side <laughs> um, in the first half, and then the you know. Chris Wood scored a good header but ultimately I thought Rafa saw that and uh, saw an opportunity to give Richie the freedom of Turf more, which in the first half he got and he really probably should have done better on it more than one occasion Richie um, and ultimately he's just a really attacking team we saw you saw Sher hitting wonder 50-60 yard balls I mean it's just a fucking it was worth it, the entry money alone to watch some of those balls Sher was playing across to uh, the Richie, I mean, as I said, Rob shows balls are lovely, but I, I didn't, I, I steady, came out, yeah, came out wrong. But they, I mean, what a what what a range of passing that 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 particular footballer has, and 
Um, you know, we'll talk about Richie's performance a little bit because it was frustrating to an extent, but also fair play, Rafa Benitez. We've come to Burnley tonight. We've had a fucking go at them. We should have scored four or five goals. And that that's Burnley, um, who you know, if you put aside the Chelsea result, I mean, Chelsea are a very good side, who don't concede many at home and who are, who are you know, defensively sound. Sean Dyche, and we've come here tonight and we've. We've not just beaten them, we've comfortably beaten them, although it was scary at the end, the lows a few you know, hairy moments, we, got, we were very lucky, uh, unlucky, not to score more goals, as we're grinded to a halt, uh, which is not what we needed. Tempty traffic lights on this this A59 home. Um, I feel like there's a really like steep drop down to the left-hand side, <laughs> so, <laughs> which is pretty precarious. Yeah, so anyway, I thought it was tactical masterclass from Rafa, um, and I thought playing Perez who had one of those games where he tried some things that didn't come off, but then he also set up some fantastic chances. Um, was really positive, and, and this is the difference. I, I think I think the manager won the game tonight for, for um, we came, I came here in 2015 or 2014 under Alan Pardew. We played the Burnley side, who were already relegated pretty much. And um, we just played 4-4-1-1, and it was more of the same, and it was a one-all draw, and Rafa's come tonight, he's changed the formation completely from two wins, which in itself was a bold move. You know, if we'd been beaten 2 or 3-0 tonight, I'm sure people would look at that formation change. Think, what you think, why are you changing it? We won two games, but ultimately, um, we've got a world-class manager, and it's, it's, it's proved tonight. And this is, this, this is what I really admire about Rafa. He's, you know, you look at the other you know, pretenders, managers who have gone before him, and what's so admirable about Rafa Benitez is that he, he'll he change formation he'll be as, as Alex has just alluded to there you, he'll, he'll, he changes formation despite winning the last two games but when he changes formation if he plays five at the back there's a bloody good reason for it it's because he does his homework it's because he's meticulous it's because he, he researches he, he studies the opposition to the nth degree more than probably most managers in the Premier League and in world football he, he's, he's obsessed he, he looks for those marginal gains he looks for those tiny you know half percentages where we might gain an advantage in, in, in one kind of uh, method of play and you'll look for it and you'll look to exploit that and I think I think the, the, the formation in itself had jarred Burnley in the in, 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 in the first instance because they they weren't expecting that and by the tw- you know by by the twenty fourth minute Kieran Clark had glanced you know a, a beautiful cross from from Matt Ritchie um, very very cleverly flicked with the, with the back of his head he knew exactly what he was doing Hart couldn't even die for it it was it was nestled just inside the post it was absolutely sumptuous that header it was. In, in, in a way, as impressive as, as Rondon's the other the other week, like in a very different way, but it was just a very satisfying and very clever and effective header that took us to two nil, a place that I don't think any of us have been to in a very long time away from home. <laughs> Hang on, me and Rob will back to differ there. Because <laughs> you remember being at Old Trafford. Ah, uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> fair enough, yes, but... Uh, Can I just say, Adam, to, to agree with you there? Number one, not many managers, I think, could go to five at the back and call it an attacking change, and that's what we did. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a change to, A, to God, you know, try and do something against Burnley's you know, physical presence and balls in the box, but also it was an attacking move, and, and, it, and it genuinely was that, and I think that... We're going to talk about squad depth maybe in a bit, but but what a what a joy it is to come to a game, and and, and I think you could see the Burnley players just didn't know how to react to it. They they couldn't get any attacks going before they got their goal. I think they had a shot from distance with Dubravka spilled. They definitely didn't. They didn't even have a, have a 
shot targets. The, the, the Daesh and Burnley had no answer to that tonight. I think uh, what was I think what was clever about it, Alex, was the fact that because of the you know the, the, the you know the jolted nature of the formation, we ended up playing between their lines because they were kind of playing a sort of, of you know basic flat four four two. Whereas you had what you did have in the in the attacking sense, which you just alluded to, you had Kennedy and Perez almost kind of playing free roles behind Rondon. And not necessarily pushed out onto the wings, but they were they were they were in, almost like inside forwards that sort of interchanged with each other. So there's a point I think when we started where Kennedy was on the on the right wing and Perez was on the left, and getting in between the lines and they were finding space between uh, you know the midfield of Jack Cork and 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 Defoe, Defoe um, and collecting the ball and then being able to just like drive at their defenders and I think. You know, they were without Gibson, they were without Tarkovsky, um, they, they had me, who obviously had a bit of a mixed game, given that he, he, he conceded the own goal at the start, the, def- the huge deflection from Fernandez's shot, but he also set up the, 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 the looped header from 16 yards out uh, by Vokes, which kind of caught everyone by surprise, Dubravka included. Um, but, but finding those pockets meant that they could be more effective. Now, like, a Jose Perez, a lot of people would be frustrated with tonight, yet, you know, he, he he managed more take-ons than anybody tonight, he managed more attack and third passes than anyone tonight, and even more impressively, more ball recoveries than anybody on the pitch tonight. So, uh, uh, just just quite interesting. Uh, I, I totally agree with you, but I just think, you know, the, the start about the last third attacking passes, the amount of times he just passed the ball to Richie. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, yeah. kind of no Yeah, reason, yeah, right? fair enough. <laughs> you know, read what you want yeah. into in, in the stats and, and, and you know, to take it as you will, but like and just going back to Richie, you know, I, I was, I was, you know, I was critical of him in the tactics show, which, um, which if you, you which you do weekly on on on, on Patreon, uh, that's one of many wonderful shows uh, of, of, of Newcastle content that you definitely get your teeth into. The tactics show, we were looking at um, the, the roles and performances of uh, Modi Army and Matt Richie, and I've been quite critical of Richie and his performances so far this season. I think he. He, he can't. He could and should be giving more. It's particular in in, 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 in in a final third sense. Um, but tonight is, I thought, his ball for for Clark's um, goal, which is his second of the season, which puts him. <laughs> he's now joint third top goal scorer um, with probably the fewest minutes played. I imagine uh, maybe with Rondon. Um, but, um, but but in terms of his, his chance creation, was excellent tonight. His crossing, most on the pitch as well. Um, and he was just he was he, he was dogged he fought um, and I thought he battled it was very frustrating in a defensive sense I thought because we were always going to be a bit um, weak down that um, down that right hand side with Aaron Lennon's pace which was always regardless of his final you know his, his, his final output it's always going to be a threat right up until like the final whistle so there was always the sense that like I think he did well, given that we don't usually play him in a left wing back position. He's on the wrong side of the pitch that he's used to, and he he didn't really, for me, have the mobility to get up and down as much as I, he really needs to as a wing back. But ultimately, it's it, it, it's it's sort of paid off. I mean, the the Burnley goal seemed to be quite untimely. It was just before half time, and it really sort of put a bit of a dampener on things going into the going into half time. I mean, at at, at half time, uh, Rob, what were your thoughts? Um, well, first of all, I'd, I, I, when when they got that goal, it just felt very similar to the feeling that I had um, 
in the last home game against Bournemouth. Um, you know, we're quite comfortable, we're very comfortable against Bournemouth going 2-0 up and then they they sort of got that um, sort of strange header really, headed goal from from the corner which sort of looped over to Bravka and went in and it was it, 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 it felt very similar to that, you know, like um, it was a, a soft sort of goal to concede um, and it was a shame because we had, we had really been in control of that first half and could have you know if, if we'd been three 0 up at half time it wouldn't have it wouldn't have flattered us at all. Um it would have been more than deserving of that I think. But um so that was a very similar feeling to um being two one at half time against Bournemouth. Um I think like you said Adam it's it was just it, it just led to a very nervy second half and we did we played we played some more good stuff in the second half we you know it, it, we didn't dom- we didn't dominate possession, but it did feel like we were matching them. Um, certainly, in terms of I would say, in terms of chances created, we did. Um, I think um, just to, I don't, you haven't asked this bit. <laughs> the central midfielders partnership with Key and Diaby, yeah, yeah, talk us through them. Just um, just brilliant. I mean, Diarmi's first of all, Diarmi. He what I noticed, he just. He just, he just never gave up the chase tonight. He was absolutely just like, like a rabid dog after after, after a bone in the middle. He was, he, 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 you know, he was just. He was relentless, wasn't he? Relentless, yeah, that's the word. I mean, it, like like dogged. I mean, it just, 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 just. He would never give up. If 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 the if there was like a straight pass, or, um, he would go go after the ball. You know, and generally he'd win it back. Um, what was that to start, Adam, about? Um... Modi Army has made more Premier League tackles in the year 2018 than any other player. He's now ahead of Adrissa Gay yeah. and um, it, and uh, Wilfred and Didi from Leicester. Yeah, and that, I mean, that, that, from watching him tonight and this season, it's not surprising because he's, he never gives no. gives up the chase. And moving on to... Yeah, to... Just, um, Sorry, go on, yeah. Go on, Ben. Yeah, just, just before you go into key, Rob, yeah. and I think that's you, you, you're spot on what everything's about the army. But the thing, the thing which I think you've just got to give so much credit to Rafa because when we signed the army, and I know he, I know he's signed as a number ten. We signed him from Hull, kind of right at the end of our transfer window in 2016, and he had some good games. Number ten, we're going to wear Birmingham at home, and he scored some goals. Um, but ultimately, it's it's kind of I, I don't know when that Everton game. I think that Everton game was the start of December. Was it not last season when we got beat one nil, unlucky? Diomi was booed off the pitch. Yeah. And if you look at his year. I mean, Adam, you kind of right when you you know Adam points out to that stat, which he's very good at uncovering. Um, for the, the looking at two thousand eighteen, but it's not just Mo. I mean, full credit to Mo, but what a transformation from Rafa Benitez to turn a lad who cost like the equivalent of just fuck all. Um, <laughs> in Premier League terms, he probably earns less than Lee Catamore, earns at fucking Sunderland. Um, and, and put in the performances he puts in and, and get through the work and have a Premier League player motivated to just hassle and hurry and do this do this shit that even like you or me or anyone listening when you play football, like who can be asked to just go, you know, Modi Army does so much work without the ball. Yeah. And that's that's like such credit to him and Rafa and the management team and Jamal ourselves or punched him in the gob and all that like I did, I did, I, I, oh, there's Mrs. Satnav again. We know we know <laughs> Straight off she, off. She's a new addition to the, uh, the the podcast collective. Not very insightful, but she she's very direct. Yeah, uh, much like Modi Army, and uh, 
I just wanted to Rob you you you've said it very well it's, it's just like yeah just just think it's what kind of what kind of I don't want to take him for granted and if you could if you yeah. could just add a couple of goals to his game and a couple of assists would have um mm. would have some centre appeal pairing but I'm sure you're going to wax the wriggle about Key. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll just I'll just say a couple of words on Key. I mean I think he's just what Key does is Key brings the he just brings a calm and composure um to 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 a to what could have been a very sort of like hectic, panicked midfield, particularly in that second half, his ability to work the ball in very tight spaces and then spread out to to, to the wing where the space, like he he has all that. He 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 do, he do, he's just he's just very very effective. He's a very very effective and intelligent player, who. And I think he's he's a common influence around. So you've got, as you alluded to, uh, Diarmi running around like. Um, uh, uh, rabbit dog um, and but then you've got and again it's like you know we talk about the back end of last season and the successful run that we had there and and one of the one of the major um, uh, wins from, from 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 that run was was the was the very uh, complementary partnership of Diarmi and Shelby now Key in, in his own right brings an, 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 a nice pairing uh, to, to Diarmi's Box to box, dogged tenacity, um, relentless hunting down of the ball and hunting down of players sometimes. But I thought he's, I thought we were really another point. I thought we were really well disciplined tonight. Um, and I don't think I don't think there was a yellow card shown tonight at all. Where there might have been a couple of times, but but key for me, I think he does the the, the short passing stuff very well and, and and has a common influence on the rest of the ty- the team. But he also has the ability to, like I say, find that space. If there's somebody hugging the touchline, that Richie was there, Yedlin was there, he'll he'll often he'll often find them. Like, yeah, I think um, what I like about Key is um, since he's come into the team, like you've sort of said, Adam, he, the retention of possession is just brilliant. I mean. He can receive the ball in a tight area, and he's so calm. He just, he, you know, he gets his head up. He looks, he looks around. It's, it's like, you know, when 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 young kids are taught to play football, one of the first things they're taught is you get your head up, look look what's in front of you, look what's around you, and that's definitely, you know, a player that youngsters could could look to to learn from because that it, the way he does that is just fantastic. Um, and the other thing I was saying before about about Key was. Um, with Shelby having obviously like been out of the team through injury, um, he's gonna have to earn his place back. And before we had before we had Key in our squad, Shelby just would walk into that team um, because of the type of player he is, he's a creative player, um, similar to Key. <clears throat> now that Key's establishing himself in the side, um, Shelby's gonna have to up his game a little bit to get back into the team, which is which in that competition for, for that place is only gonna be a good thing for for the performances in our in the centre of our midfield. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree, and I think um so I mean I would say going back to kind of like how we the feelings at half time, you know, it was a 2-0 down sorry, a 2-0 at, at, at half time and I would have been absolutely buzzing, but that goal just it just it was this that added moment of doubt. Um, that we really sort of didn't need, but it's it's what it seems to be characteristic of, of Newcastle United um, that we we can't ever just sail through a, 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 a you know fixture. The last two times we've been two 0 up away from home, we've managed not to win against Bournemouth and Man United. So yeah. we've got, we had good reason to fret. Yeah, um, 
I mean, we, we managed it at Leicester. Did we go 2 0 up at Leicester? Or was it. Uh, yeah, good point. Went 2 0 up, um, but not in the first half. It was the first no. half, I Yeah, mean, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So. I mean, we I mean, we had a chat um, at half time, and it was kind of like we, you know, the old football cliche of we really need to start strongly because what we, I mean, half time came at the right time for Newcastle because they just before half time there was a there was a good interchange between um, between Vokes and Wood and Wood so Vokes nodded it down for Wood, Dubravka had to make a, a strong save um, on his right hand side that was kind of going towards the top corner. And it was just very, very nervy, and I think half time saved us a little bit. Um, so we could regroup. Rafa could pass on his wisdom, but we started and, 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 and you know, brilliantly. We, 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 we started the second half very, very strongly. I thought, um, and we, we, we pushed them. We, we were trying to. We were in search of that third goal to, you know, to retain that two goal cushion that we had. Um, and it was sort of Mo Diarmi tried to feed Yedlin on the right hand side of the box. Didn't go to him, but Yedlin, and I, th- I thought Yedlin was absolutely excellent today. Um, made an absolutely brilliant uh, possible gold-saving challenge in the second half as well, when we were really, really under the cosh. But he didn't give up a ball that uh, it was should have been comfortably dealt with by the Burnley um, left wing or left back, whoever it was. But we, we'd seen in the first half and seeping into the second half as well that that Burnley's defenders had mistakes in them. And panicked a little bit, and were dallying on the ball, and were too contemplative on the ball, and weren't when they just needed a hoof it clear, really. Um, and Yedlin chased down this ball between two Burnley players, nicked it ahead of another, and just as the keeper came out, Joe Hart got another little toe poke that I think Hart got a slight touch to. He kind of got scythed down Yedlin, so I was, it almost could have been a penalty. It dribbled out, it's already bobbled across the face of an open goal towards the incoming Matt Ritchie. And he struck it. There's limbs in front of all of us, and we've all celebrated. We're going absolutely bananas. It's 3-1, what a belter. We saw the net ripple, I was like, ah, that's got to be it then. Not a chance. Missed an absolute howler. Um, miss of the century. I mean, I don't know how. I don't know how he's. Uh, I don't know how he's missed it at all. Um, what, what were your thoughts, Adam, on his general performance considering the tactics pod? Yeah, I, th- I was. I was. I was a lot more impressed. What I mean, one of the one of the main reasons for me for for, for my um, criticism of him is that I, I I want more output from him. You know, I think he's managed before tonight and managed like one assist in the last like 29 games or something and that's it's, it's, it's not good enough for, for a Premier League winger when we play a formation with one up top did he get the assist for um... he got the assist for Kieran Clark. oh there we go he's back yeah he back. goes back to back yeah back. I'm delighted I'm absolutely delighted I, I, I still don't think I was wrong yeah but I think he really I, I think he being shoved into a position that he's absolutely not comfortable in I think he I think he did I think he did I think he did well at to, to miss that chance though could have been very very costly and possibly unforgiving um, I mean my my mate texted me just, just described it as because we hadn't seen the replay of it at, at, at all we were only we were still trying to process the yeah, fact well, that it hadn't gone in because we saw the, they saw the net move limbs everywhere and then we, 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 wondering why people weren't jogging back to the halfway line uh, yeah, we made Ben Texas is just saying that that miss was simply disgusting. <laughs> Which, <laughs> yeah, I think sort of summed it up. So I mean, 
thankfully it wasn't costly. Um, Rafa in his post-match interview sort of said, uh, sort of said, oh yeah. I talked to him and he says he doesn't know how he missed it, uh, but hopefully we'll have a little laugh later. By the way, everyone, that's Rafa code for. I'm absolutely raging. There'll be work right. putting in on the on the training ground on Monday. Uh, Monday, sorry, no, it is Monday. Um, it's later in the week anyway. But uh, but yeah, I thought, and you know, I just want to sort of give a shout out to, to Kieran Clark as well. Um, I thought him along with the other defenders uh, were absolutely brilliant in terms of you know we're having to deal with so many high balls. But if there's one thing that all three of those defenders can do very, very well and very, very effectively is win defensive aerial duels and get clearances and just get bodies in the way. And that's what we did. And that's it's part of Rafa's tactics. It's we're soaking up the pressure. It's what we saw in the last 20 minutes against Bournemouth where we had to just ride it out. We were under siege. And it, it sort of had the same feel of it tonight in the last sort of 20, 25 minutes where you just thought, particularly when Rondon went off, who I thought held, held, held the ball up really, really well, did a lot of good work in the final third, feeding other players, using his strength and basically frustrating them, given making the Burnley defenders have to work to win that ball back. And what kind of once Hosslu came on, you kind of think, right, we're, 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 we're setting up here We're setting up um, And We did have to face A lot of pressure can And I, we can, can I say something first to that And I said this on I mean we keep We keep referring to the match day The match day is a podcast We do for patrons We're, we're recorded during the game Before before and during the game Just kind of commentary As it's going on We actually I actually caught the first goal Going in Which is the first time For the, the match day podcast But on the match day podcast I was saying to Rob um, It's a big 15 minutes here At half time um, Because he didn't want to see us come out and just back to the wall and we we controlled the game for, for the first 20 minutes 25 minutes of that second half which is really positive and you, you alluded to the Matt Ritchie chance but I think I thought the the mindset after we came out at half time was really good we put players forward we, we, we counter attacked or tried to with a lag of pace but we still tried um, and, and you're right that you know it was always coming wasn't it I mean I, I remember when he when Daesh brought on Hendricks and someone else or Ashley Barnes, I Ashley, think. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, the Mays world for me have just pulled two massive blokes out the crowd because it was just like, <laughs> like more height coming, more the same, yeah, more the same. We're not going to try anything different. More and, and you know what, Burnley nearly did get their equaliser, a couple of good saves from Dubravka and the header in the 95th minute or whatever. I mean, Hart was playing right back at one point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was, I just thought that again, again and I, you know, I, I missed the Bournemouth game. So I don't know how it was straight after half time then. But that Watford game, when, you know, for all the world, we hadn't won a game. Watford had bossed were dominated were would come out after Leicester and after Brighton much much worse in the second half arguably after Man United as well um, and we uh, once again just like Watford were, were improved you know because like you, you quite rightly said that we needed half time um, <laughs> and, it, and we did it was like but, the bell going in a boxing match yeah, but, but we came out and, and controlled the game and that's what really impressed me and makes me think that there's, there's a growing maturity about this team um, that maybe even wasn't there last season to an extent um, you know with, with the likes of Fernandes who's a fantastic leader I mean he looks like a club captain to me I know we've got a very good one in Jamal and I'm not uh, you know oh. discounting him but um, <laughs> he, he, you know if, if, if Jamal was to leave or whatever you'd think Fernandes is, is just a natural replacement as a leader um, and I think the voices like that in, in Fabian Scher Swiss International yeah. playing the World Cup in the dressing room um, Dubravka, Salim, well. Dubravka yeah. 
uh, Solomon Rondon you just got to think it, it, it sounds and feels to me look from the outside looking in obviously um, that it's a that, it, that the dressing room is, is growing in strength and even though the match day podcast is just me saying fuck for, what, for the last half an hour <laughs> and having a go at them for getting too deep um, you know, it's really worth it a was listen a, yeah. it was an accurate reflection of the last 20 yeah, minutes um, we, we, we saw that out quite comfortably in the end and I thought and I think one of the key points here is looking at that game tonight we're a better side than Burnley and, and I don't, and I think in the in the games last season we're very tight, and we'll probably deserve to win the in, in the home game against them on a, with Darlow's own goal. But mm. I thought there was a clear difference between the quality of those two sides, and that bodes very well for the future. Absolutely, I think it's really interesting what you say about you know this this kind of new spine that we've got with like you say Debravka and the likes of uh, Fernandez and even Keys kind of sort of you know. Leading by example in a way that is, is, is composure, as I mentioned, and Rondon. This is experience. This is influence, and, and it, they're all they all seem really good professional guys um, that aren't going to kick off. And I think that I think the players and Rafa Benitez at this point, off the back of three wins, given the start that we had, given a couple of performances where we couldn't just we we, we just we just couldn't find a win it's the likes of Cardiff and, and, and Palace to go three wins on the spin with, with different formations um, and, and to come out of it and like today like as we said before any any win in the Premier League is a, 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 a particularly away from home is a brilliant win We've it, it doesn't matter that it was sort of got scrappy and maybe we we did sort of panic a little bit towards the final sort of 20-25 minutes but the work rate, you know, Rafa said after after the game that he was so impressed at how hard we worked, how disciplined we were, and how we stuck to the game plan. And if and this is it, this is a group of players who are willing to listen to Rafa Benitez and respect the fact that he knows what he's talking about and he knows what is best and he knows what's going to give us the best chance of taking points and exploiting teams and coming away on top and that's exactly what happened tonight we worked for him we worked really hard we're disciplined we kept our shape and and even like you know you know when Hayden came on as a kind of just an extra loose body just to sort of get himself in the way you know next 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 minute you see he's like up in the top corner in, in, in sort of Burnley's half trying to trying to sort of hold off trying to just you know run down time win a throw in here and sort of he's almost doing the Rondon role as well but I thought like uh, even you know Hosley had a couple of nice touches when he came on he's sort of like you know controlling it down and then just sort of outside of the right foot out to out to Yedlin stuff like that was like you know really you know, exuding confidence and you know we talked about Perez before you know being in amongst the, the final third quite a lot tonight and he played a lovely little reverse ball um, which which Hosselu was 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 on it really really quickly you know not physically the fastest player but in his mind he was he was very alert and he and he and he hit this ball very true was let was wrong foot his left foot across the keeper and so so unlucky for it to thwack against the post it was quite nice sound actually but obviously we would have we would have preferred it coming off the inside of that post um, and, and, and and sealing the three points once and for all um, and put put the game out of sight but you know I think he did that right you know Hosselu of this time last year would have hit that straight at the keeper but he, he, he hit he got a really true contact on it so that 
we were very, very unlucky with sort of that Richie open goal and that and and, and that post. And, and Rafa joking about, uh, as I said before, joking about the the open goal. But he's, he, I, I think he's very serious in that he wants to be able to see these games off a lot earlier than we have done. I mean, the last time that we we did in the sort of crunch match down at the bottom of the table was against Southampton, where we were expecting a very, very hard tough fight. And by 55 minutes, it was like kind of sort of 3-0 and, and over and comfortable. We didn't quite know what to do with ourselves. Um, so I think Rafa wants us to be a bit more clinical in the final third. I think as, you know, Rondon got us 70 minutes under his belt and, you know, despite going away to Venezuela, which I really wish he wouldn't keep doing. Um, I do think you went to Japan and uh, Iran, mate. Oh, <laughs> far, sorry, my mistake. Yeah, yeah. Just around the corner. Um, so, you know, Rafa's happy and laughing that we've got the three points, but he, he, he will want us to be clinical because in another game, that's going to cost us. And it's the Premier League and it's unforgiving and we need, we need to start taking our destiny in our own hands and not have to worry for the last 20 minutes that one of these balls into the mixer is going to bobble around like a pinball and deflect in somehow, which a couple of the a couple of the defeats so far this season have sort of felt like. Well, can I can I just I was going to make the point that um, it's it's kind of interesting to look at last season when at this point we we're just starting to really like fuck up basically. You know, we're, we're going into the winter months, we're going into a difficult like a, a you know steady run of fixtures, new international breaks, and we went into those games with no confidence, no results, and ultimately. Um, you know, it was very bad, and I think we've, we've, we're, if you're going to peak at the right time, um, we had our three wins right at the start of the season, um, uh, last season, and we've, we've done three in the bounce now. And let's let's you know, I'm far more positive, as I'm sure everyone listening is, about where this team can finish, and we should. You'd hope it's a big game against West Ham because you pointed out to me, Adam, that um, we have now moved above West Ham on the table. Yeah, on goal so difference. If we could put daylight between us and West Ham, that would be fantastic on Saturday. And you're now looking back at games thinking, you know, I was looking back at the Man United game and the Brighton game, the Leicester game, thinking, well, that's what relegated teams do. They, they play quite well and they manage to lose games quite comfortably. Whereas we're managing to play, put performances and results together now quite emphatically, despite the the close scorelines. Um, and, I, I, you know, I'm quite... Uh, I'm quite infused about this group that we've got now, um, and if, if we were just to add one or two first-team additions in January, you could see us have a really strong season. Um, <laughs> I love your optimism, Alex. But it's like you, you, you've seen that now, and you, you're totally right about the way that we finish games and how, not don't put them to bed. I mean, that that the Premier League should award us that goal because Hossloos hit that so well. Just call it three-one. Bernie won't mind. They're getting really good. Anyway, probably like it was such a good shot by Hoss. And I feel so bad for him because he got so much shit. And he played really well tonight when he came on. And I, I shouldn't have to say this, and you know who am I to say this, but fair play to went tonight because I have a feeling the home crowd would have booed something. You know, the vast majority of people in the home crowd would have been absolutely fine. But your Bellens who boo Rafa's substitution would have booed that sub at St James's Park, uh, Rondon for Hossaloo. Because um, that's what they do. These people, um, and, and 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 you saw Hosselu got a positive reception when he come on and put a positive performance in, and and uh, you know what? If, if Hosselu's going to come on and, and contribute like that in, in in Premier League games of football, then he's worthy of a place at this club. We still need better later on. If you're listening, don't. Who, who was it? Simon Bird put out a great tweet, Adam. I think you uh, um, could quote it. I think so. It, 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 was, I'll, I'll, I'll. it was, you know, the the the, the crux of it is. Uh, <laughs> 
don't you dare Lee Charnley not invest in January just because we've won three games in the bounce. <laughs> but, but, but that's the way that we fear that the club think, um, which is just counterproductive, bizarre. But, but once again, you know, Lee Charnley, Mike Ashley, Keith Bishop, Justin Barnes, they've got a chance to win back the support of Newcastle United faithful. They've got a chance this January and next summer to put all the wrongs right. And it, it just seems like Rafa's on the verge of building something again. Even though Kennedy doesn't belong to us, and even though Rondon doesn't belong to us, they could do next summer. It's not outside the realms of possibility. Um, so the future looks quite bright. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and looking at the table as well, um, it's nice to... It's nice to look forward, really. We're like four points behind uh, the Premier League's greatest ever side, Wolves. Um, no, just greatest ever side ever. I mean, it seems to be the hyperbole at the minute. But um, you, you know, you, you're looking at you're looking at goal difference. We're on minus five at the minute, and you know there there are there are there are like five sides who have um, a significantly worse goal difference, and I'm talking like double figures. So you've got Huddersfield. Burnley, Southampton, Cardiff, Fulham, who all have fewer points than us and all have um, at least, um, sorry, worse goal differences by at least like nine. So you've got to believe that those, the, the, the teams that are shipping goals, so even when we've like, even when we've lost, we've never been turned over, which has its merits in terms of goal difference, which can be worth an extra point come the end of the season. It's one of the reasons we finished in the top half to have a, a better goal difference. It was probably the difference between us finishing like 12th, 11th and, 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 and 10th, the top half finish. Um, but, you know, that, that obviously has its uh, merits with in the league, but also mentality-wise. Like, we're strong mentally because we haven't crumbled yet. We really haven't. You could argue that maybe Man United really threw away a big chance, but Man United at Old Trafford and once they get one goal back, it's just, do you know what I mean? It's it's one of those places, it was one of those games that didn't quite work out, but I still don't think we got absolutely tonked there because we probably could have been 4 nil up at one point. So I think that the, the strength that this, this team has, the resilience and the fact that we've stayed calm through bad weather to come out now with... We're unbeaten in four now. Three wins on the bounce. We're moving in the right direction. As Alex has said, it feels like something's we're really starting to kick on and we've got some winnable fixtures coming up. You know, we, we could go places and we have to, have to, have to capitalise in January. Whatever, whatever state we're in, whatever results happen between now and then, we have to because you know what's going to happen. We're going to get pulled into a relegation battle again and... We've got to make the most of it while we're ahead. Rob, have you got any final thoughts on 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 the the, the experience of tonight, <laughs> just, on on the win, and, and and how you how you feeling? Just delighted to come away with the three points to make it nine out of the last three, and um, I think we we'll go into the West Ham game absolutely brimming with confidence, and there's absolutely no reason why we couldn't make it uh, twelve points out of four. Well said. I mean. It might not sound it because it's you know it's kind of uh, getting on like it's well past midnight. Um, but you can probably sound hear from all our voices. We're absolutely hoarse. Uh, it's been a, it's been a long day. It's been I, I, honestly the adrenaline is really pumping. It's so so satisfying to win away. It's so satisfying that we've got three wins on the bounce. I absolutely love this club and I love Rafa Benitez and he's getting the praise that he deserves because he's he's just excellent at what he does. He's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant and he this this is all of his hard work 
and research and studying and meticulous planning that has got us this victory and his, and his ability to, to calm and direct his dressing room to play the way he wants to play I just I'm really I'm in a really really happy place at the minute things might go sour in the, in the near future Rafa's future is still very much up in the air but for now let's just enjoy this people let's just absolutely indulge this juicy three points uh, that just it's it's what it's all about it brings us so much joy um, Alex any final thoughts mate? Final thoughts are thanks for listening to Sticking With True Faith if uh, you could do us a massive favour because it is 20 past midnight now when we're recording this podcast for you um, give, her, give her a five star review on iTunes or Google Podcasts and leave a comment saying why you like the podcast it, it honestly massively helps the pod and our reach and if you like what we do support one paper and even if you don't want to listen to extra podcasts and help you know we've managed to come to this game tonight through that using that money and that's all we use it for essentially so it's not some kind of personal wealth that we inherit from it it's just purely to try and provide quality or average, however you want to look at it, podcast for Newcastle United fans like yourself. So we really appreciate the 300 odd people who support one pair, and it's only a five a month, um, and you get like 20 to 25 extra shows, and it's quite nice when you win games, and, and we get to talk about winning loads of games. So I think Adam, you, you summed it up very well. Um, we're going to West Ham, and then we've got Wolves, Huddersfield, and Fulham after that, Everton in between then, and what a chance to get to kind of 15 points on the board. You know, another 12 to 15 points and, and let, let we get into January and, and, and look forward to the second half of the season with uh, with relish and not with trepidation and uh, I, I think the away in tonight and that's the satisfying thing about watching Newcastle United away from home I don't know how many of the of the you know what 2000 or something like that away fans tonight and it's just everyone will remember that tonight for a long time everyone will remember and it's uh, it was a pleasure to be part of and it's uh, it doesn't happen very often, but sometimes it's all right following Newcastle United. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's what, we're in one of those periods at the minute. I'm, I'm savouring it like yourself and, and like Rob is. Well, thanks very much, Alex, for joining us and Rob as well. I mean, we're all in the same car, so there's, there's not much escape. <laughs> um, thanks very much to Fansbet as well, who sponsored this podcast. So please do check them out. And thank you most of all to all you listeners. The reason we do this, we absolutely love doing this for you um, and especially on nights like this take care cheers this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.